0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is your brother Hussein Kamani. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free, and your donation ensures we are always able to do so. Each podcast we produce has thousands of listeners, so the opportunity for gaining immense reward by supporting our efforts is endless. You never know who will be able to benefit from your donation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept and jazakumullahu khairan. Assalamu alaikum. Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah wa ala In our previous class we started off the story of Sayyidina Dawood how as a young child Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the strength and the ability to defeat one of the greatest powers of the time. When people achieve great things when they're young, and when they're young they gain fame, one of the common things you'll see in the world is that they will be destroyed by the spiritual diseases that follow a fame. This has happened way too many times. Where someone reaches a level of prominence Be it a prince, a king, a leader of some sort Sometimes even someone who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Blesses with the ability to deliver lectures Or a person who has a beautiful voice Someone who's given a lot of wealth When you're young and you don't have the opportunity to develop Before a great blessing comes to your life That you haven't necessarily earned Like a gift given to you It's very common for people to get very arrogant and cocky and full of themselves at that moment You'll find this also in kids who are athletically gifted That's why one of my teachers, he used to say, thank Allah that he did not give you a good voice Because people who have good voices It's a gift that they've been given from a young age before they had the chance to do tazkiyah, to purify their heart To prepare them for the fame that follows that great blessing this is an important point whenever I meet young folks young men who read the Qur'an beautifully and people invite them to read and they lead salah and they read in Islamic gatherings I always tell them on the side privately that it's important that you focus on what you're reading it's important that you become a beneficiary of the spirituality of the Qur'an because simply reading the quran as a performance and not taking its message ser- seriously could be the thing that'll destroy you in the dunya and also in the akhirah because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us through his beloved prophet Al hujjatun laka aw the quran will either be a proof for you or against you and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very clearly states this in the quran it couldn't have been said more clear allah says thumma yawma that every bounty, every blessing that Allah gave you, Allah will ask you. With every blessing comes a responsibility. With every responsibility, there comes accountability. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of the story of Dawood and Jalut mentioned in the Qur'an, immediately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَآتَاهُ that through the victory against Jalut, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him kingdom, but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also gave him wisdom. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him wisdom. Many scholars, they say this hikmah here refers to nubuwa, prophethood. And we discussed the multiple interpretations of this verse in our last class. وَعَلَّمَهُ مِمَّا يَشَاءُ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught him what he willed, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala desired. Now David, is mentioned in the Quran quite extensively. We find that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentions David, in Surah Baqarah, Surah Nisa, Surah Ma'idah. We find in Surah Isra, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentions David, in Surah An'am, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentions David, in Surah Anbiya. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala discusses the story of Sayyidina David, verses 78, 80, seventy-eight to eighty-two. In Surah An-Naml Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala mentions Daud Alayhis Salam's story again. We find in Surah Saba Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala mentions Daud Alayhis Salam and Sulaiman Alayhis Salam verses 10 to 14. Similarly we find in Surah Sad Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala mentions Daud Alayhis Salam. We find that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala mentions Sayyidina Daud Alayhis Salam by name in the Quran at a minimum of 16 times. At a, min- at a minimum of 16 times. Sometimes the mention is very brief, wa atayna very brief, and sometimes it's mufassal. There's tf- there's tafsil, explanation attached to the mentioning of Dawud alayhi Now, one thing Allah subhanahu wa taala gave to Dawud alayhi was nubuwa and prophethood. The nubuwa that came to Dawud alayhi salam was special in the sense that, in addition to being granted prophethood, he was also granted risalah he was granted a message as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an, He informs us of the name of the text that was given to Sayyiduna Dawood alayhi salam. Allah azawajal says, وَآتَيْنَا دَاوُودَ زَبُورًا That we gave Dawood alayhi salam the zaboor. The Mufassirun, they write, كِتَابُ دَاوُودَ وَكَانَ مِئَةً وَخَمْسِينَ surah That this consisted of 150 chapters. لَيْسَ فِيهَا حُكْمٌ وَلَا حَلَالٌ وَلَا حَرَامٌ In this book, there was not a single legal ruling, not a single issue of halal and haram. So what did this book consist of? وَإِنَّمَا هي حكم In this book, there was a praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There were wisdoms, there were lessons of morality and, you know, reminders for people. This is why... Um, more or less, any person of religion can read the Zabur and benefit from it. Because it's a very clean, very beautiful spiritual text. Now, obviously, there's a question that the Zabur that we have today is it the same Zabur that was revealed upon Dawood الصلاة, or not? That's another question. But in essence, in spirit, in message, it was very neutral. Dawood الصلاة, ruled on the Sharia of Sayyidina Musa. This was a Sharia that he ruled. by. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted Dawood many gifts. One of the gifts that Allah Azawajal gave him is that when he would read the Zabur, he would read it in such a beautiful tune, such a beautiful voice, that everything around him would stop and listen to him. Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi alayhi, he mentions this, that even the water that was flowing would stop, listen to him, and then when he would finish, it would continue flowing. Like everything enjoyed listening to him because he was so beautiful in his reading. The true beauty of recitation of the Qur'an, of revelation, is when a person not only reads it with a beautiful voice, but they also read it with ikhlas and sincerity. Sometimes there's a person who reads it with ikhlas. They may not have the voice, but people around them benefit. And then there are some people who just read it with a good voice, but they're not focused with their ikhlas, they're not there with their thoughts. And there is, an, there is a lack of spiritual transmission that occurs in such recitations. The ulama, they tell us that when a person reads, they should read with focus. The Prophet had Abu Musa al-Ash'ari an in Medina Munawwara, who was known for reading Qur'an and having a beautiful voice. He was known for reading Qur'an in a beautiful tune and had a beautiful voice, yet... Bilal was the one that called the Adhan. Because the Prophet was not obsessed with voices. The Prophet called Bilal and instructed him to give the Adhan because he was a man that understood the meaning and the value, the cost of Allahu Akbar. He had gone through a phase in his life where he was tortured because he said Allahu Ahad, Allahu Ahad, one Allah, one Allah. Therefore he was given that responsibility. So the Asr of recitation is the tawajjuh, the ikhlas, the focus focus that a person gives when they read. And in addition to that, if someone has a beautiful voice, nurun ala nur, then that's light upon light, a double gift. And that was the state of um, Dawood alayhi salam. I'll talk more about this shortly. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding Dawood alayhi salam, He says in surah Sabah, saba verse number 10, وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا دَاوُدَ minna فَضْلًا that we had given Dawood um, an extra, very unique, special favor. Now what is this fadl that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about? What's this extra favor, this special favor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him? The ulama state multiple things, the reality is that it's not one of these things, it's all of them. Because these were all things that were special gifts to Sayyidina Dawood The first thing that Allah gave him that was very special was nubuwa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him a prophet. The second thing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the Zabur. The third thing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him ilm. The ilm of Dawood alayhi salam and Sulaiman alayhi salam was special. His knowledge was such that he was a judge amongst his people. He served at the position of being a judge. That's why the Qur'an talks about the judgments of Dawood alayhi salam in the Qur'an. Again and again Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Regarding the special knowledge Of Dawud alayhi salam says وَلَقَدْ أَعْتَيْنَا wa وَسُلَيْمَانَ that indeed we gave Dawood and Sulaiman and a knowledge in Surah Namal, verse number 15. And in return, they said, Alhamdulillah, that all praises to Allah who gave us virtue over a great portion of His creation. They didn't say all of His creation because no one can ever claim they have all of the knowledge or they have the highest maqam. They, out of humblenesses, they said, ala kathirin. That He has given us virtue over a great portion of his creation these people were blessed with knowledge one time a person came to one of the mashayikh in ulama and said that why is it that I don't see you sitting with the people, people gather together, they sit, they talk we don't see you in the social gatherings so the sheikh responded back by saying that the gatherings will consist of one of two things, either you'll talk about the dunya or the akhira I miss out on your worldly discussions and trust me I have no interest in them as for your ukhrawi discussions, I know that you don't have anything to offer. So I'm happy where I am. I'm happy with being with myself. I save myself from your worldly discussions. And I get to continue to focus on the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me. If you want to benefit from what I have, you're more than welcome to come. But as for me coming to your gatherings, I don't find any value in them. Some ulama, they say, the fourth position. This special favor of Allah was quwwah Was strength Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Gave Dawud alayhi salam strength He was a very strong person In the Quran in Surah Sad, Verse number 71 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says abdana عَبْدَنَا دَاوُدَ ذَلْأَيْدِ And remember our servant Dawud The one with strength The one with strength The fifth opinion is This special favor that Allah gave to Dawud alayhi salam, Was that he had control over the mountains as well. He had control over the mountains. Um, when he would read, the mountains would join him in reading. The birds would join him in reading. Yajibalu Awibi Ma'ahu wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran. The sixth thing was his love for tawbah. Dawda was always making tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It refers to him in the Quran as one who made tawbah a lot, who made repentance a lot. Allah says in Surah Sad, would فَغَفَرْنَا لَهُ ذلك, And we also forgave him. He was one who made tawbah a lot, and we forgave him as well. When a prophet um, asks Allah for forgiveness, just a quick point, they're not usually asking Allah for forgiveness for something that they did that was considered a sin, but rather maybe it was due to a lack of adab, or an oversight, Something that was already humanly, but they did not want to carry that with them when they met Allah, so they asked Allah for forgiveness anyway. In the, the, the istilah of the scholars, they commonly use this term, Hasanatul Abrar Sayyyatul Muqarrabin. This is a very common phrase in the books you'll find. Hasanatul Abrar Sayyyyatul Muqarrabeen. What that means is, the good deeds of people who do good can sometimes be equal to the bad deeds of those who are very close to Allah. Do you guys understand? So let's, I'll give you an example of this. Hasanatul Abrar, That one brother comes and he prays the four rakat, sunnah and runs out of the masjid. He comes in, prays four rakat and leaves. Now for that person, that's a good deed. They prayed their fard, we're happy with that, alhamdulillah. Now for someone who's very close to Allah, someone who studied the deen, someone who's dedicated their life to the deen, for them to come pray four rakat and leave is not acceptable. That's considered bad etiquette on their behalf. They should Make sure that they're praying their sunnah, their nawafil with the proper adab, with calmness. Do you guys understand that? For one person, an act is good. For another person, that act is blameworthy. Because their maqam is such greater. And therefore the Anbiya, alayhim as because of their high maqam, their relationship with Allah, they were constantly asking Allah for forgiveness. Even our beloved Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he would ask Allah for forgiveness a minimum of a hundred times a day. And we all know, that the Prophet ﷺ was already forgiven by Allah. So if these people were concerned about lack of adab and character and manners with Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, and therefore were asking Allah for forgiveness all the time even though they did not commit any major or minor sins, then what about people like us? What should our relationship with Thawbah and Istighfar be? Who we know and we can accept, we can admit that we commit sins all the time, major and minor. The seventh opinion, regarding this special favor al that daud gave verdicts amongst people through justice allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ya Dawood, inna number 8 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favored daud alayhisalam with, with this unique miracle that uh, metal would become soft at his hands he would touch metal ilanatul hadid and it would become soft in his hands Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wa alanna lahul hadid number nine the special favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Dawood alayhi salam husnul sawt he had a very beautiful voice his his voice as I mentioned was such that once the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said regarding Abu Musa al-Ashari laqad utita mizmaran min mazamiri al-Dawood that you have been given, uh, a beautiful voice like the voice of Dawood, alayhi salam. Now, many scholars, many people have chosen to translate Mizmar as a flute. But the ulama, they say the usage of this word Mizmar as a flute was post Dawood, alayhi salam, not for Dawood, alayhi salam. And the reason why they say this is because when they define the word Mizmar, ulama al-Mizmaru wal-Mazmuru Hasan. When they defined this word mizmar, rather than ref- defining it as a flute, they said it is a beautiful, uh, a beautiful voice. Wa bihi ala and it's because it's a beautiful voice. Anything that beautifies the voice and the flute beautifies the voice. Therefore, since it's a tool to beautify the voice, it was called mizmar. So this is a just a point for those who um, who appreciate this. Now. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala in this very same verse of Surah Saba, "Wa laqad Dawooda minna that indeed we honor Dawood with a special favor. "Ya jibalu awi ma'ahu wat mountains and birds repent and turn to Allah along with him. The Prophet Sallallahu Alayhi wa tells us that when a person um, does the dhikr of Allah, the creation around them also does the dhikr of Allah. This is very clearly Stated by the Prophet ﷺ, in particular when it comes to the issue of reading talbiyah while in haram. The Prophet ﷺ says that when a person is going for hajj or umrah and they're in the state of Ihram and they say out loud, لَبَيْكَ اللَّهُمَ لَبَيْكَ, everything surrounding them from the trees to the stone to the soil, everything that's surrounding them to the right, to the left, front, back, all of it joins that person in doing that talbiyah as well. The Prophet ﷺ, he tells us also, that when a person does a Dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creation around them, around them also benefits from that Dhikr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an, shayin illa bihamdihi." There is not a thing but it engages in the tasbih of Allah. Someone can say, I don't understand, They, um, sorry, I don't hear the tasbih of the trees and the birds, but that's because they do tasbih in a form that's different than the way you do tasbih. They do tasbih in a form that's different than yours. Just as you can't understand theirs, it's very possible that they may not have the hearing that you have, and they can't understand yours. So it's a two-way thing. Every creation was created for their purpose, and they fulfilled their purpose accordingly. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, وَأَلَنَّا lahul hadid," That we made the... Uh, metal soft at the hands of salam, Ibn Abbas says Sara that it became like um, wax it became like wax he was able to manipulate um, a metal like a person can easily mold or change the form of wax ajin. some ulama have said that it became like dough in his hands فَكَانَ يَعْمَلُهُ مِنْ He would work with it, without having to make any contact with fire at all. قَالَ السُدِّي كَانَ الْحَدِيدُ فِي الْمَبْلُولِ suddi says that the metal in his hands was like wet um, soil. He was able to mold it as he wished without having any difficulty at all. مِنْ غَيْرِ إِدْخَالِ النَّارِ وَلَا ضَرْبِ Without having to put it into any fire or beating it with any mitraqa, any hammer, what, would that, what did Dawood alayhi salam do with this skill? Dawood السلام, he used this skill to make armors. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him in the Qur'an, اَنِعْمَ That you will make armors from this uh, skill of yours. Dawood would make a armor in a portion of a day, or in a portion of a night. What would take generally a blacksmith weeks, sometimes even months. Dawood would put it together in a matter of a few hours. ثَمَنُوهَا أَلْفُ دِرْهَمْ And he would sell it for 1,000 dirham. Which means his income was very high. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed Dawood with a special skill. And as a result of the skill, some ulama they write that the difference between... So there's a question, did the people before Dawood ever wear armor? Some say no, some say yes. If you recall, in the story of Daud versus Jalud, I told you, Talud said to Daud, if my armor fits you, you can go. So from that we learned that people were wearing armor. The ulama they write, what Daud did was, he was able to create um, little clamps and circles that would hold the armor together. So the armor they had before were, was kind of like a bunch of flaps that would hang, a flap that would hang in the front, a flap that would hang in the back. But it wouldn't stay in place and it wasn't all together. As a result of that, even though you had armor on, the armor wasn't really properly functional. What Dawood was able to do, well he was able to mold that armor together and bring it together and make it like one piece. So now when you put it on, it fit. And it was going to fulfill its purpose in the battlefield, it would protect you. This was the unique feature of Dawood's armor. Some ulama have written a story behind why Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala blessed Dawood with this special skill of making armor and made metal soft at his hands. They say was sababu dhalika an Dawood Salam lama malaka bani Israel lqia malakan wa Dawoodu insan. That what happened was that when Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala gave Dawood Salam um, kingship and dominion over the people of Banu Israel. One day he was walking and he met an angel. Dawood thought that this angel was يَظُنُّهُ insan. He thought the angel was a human being. He didn't know that it was an angel. So Dawood sometimes he would change his appearance and go to people and ask feedback on himself. So if people could tell him what his flaws were, where he can fix himself, where he can improve himself, so Dawood alayhi salam, he went outside. So Dawood alayhi salam came to this person who he thought was a human, but in reality was an angel. And he said, what is your thought regarding this king, Dawud? فقال له الملك, the angel said, he said that um, he's a good person, only if he had a skill in his hand. So Dawood said, he? What do you mean by that? He said, يَرْتَزِقُ مِنْ بَيْتِ الْمَالِ وَلَوْ أَكَلَ مِنْ عَمَلْ يَدِهِ لَتَمَّتْ فَضَائِلُهُ That he's a good person, however, he eats from the money of the people. He eats from the Baytul Mal, the communal fund. That's where he benefits from, that's where he provides for his family from. He said that if he worked with his own hands and had a unique skill and through that provided for his family, his virtues are already great, but they would be complete at that point. Faraja'a, Dawud returned back, Fada'allaha. alayhi salam, he then made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, Ya Allah, allow me to complete my virtues and make me independent of the wealth of people. And it was at this point that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then made the, um, the metal soft at his hands. lahu Dawud what would he do with so much money? This is a question. What did Dawud do with so much money? He would give sadaqah to the poor. He would give sadaqah to the needy. al mali masalih al This is from Qurtubi that he would use one-third of his wealth just for the affairs of the people because he was their leader, if there was ever a need, he had money before asking people to come forth and contribute towards a cause he would dedicate money himself The ulama, they point out at this point that it's very important that people in the community don't become complacent always try to develop a new skill Develop something in yourself that makes you special, that makes you unique. Make yourself better than what you are today. Have something in you that your family benefits from, that the community benefits from, and the world benefits from. Let there be a skill. Whatever the skill is, that's up to you. But every person should have a skill because when you don't have a skill, then at that point, people will first and foremost take advantage of you because they will then use you for whatever they want and you won't have a chance to negotiate your position because you don't have knowledge. That's why it's important when parents tell their children that focus on your education, they actually have a point. They actually have a very good point. Because if you have education, you have worth, you have value. This statement that I hear young people saying that, oh, I'll just build a relationship with Allah, I'll do dhikr, I'll read Quran, and I'll spend my time in the masjid, and that's how I want to spend my life. Well, that's a very selfish thought. You have to learn to think beyond yourself. Today your, your parents are providing for you. Tomorrow your parents will become old, they will retire. You should have a skill set that you can provide for them. They won't be able to you know, feed themselves through your dhikr and tilawa. Allah will take care of them, there's no doubt in that. But they will need you to have a skill set. So you can earn, you can provide, you can give them back. This is the responsibility of every child. I'm amazed by people who earn money and don't contribute to their parents, who don't help provide for their families, who don't take care of their mom and dad and help contribute towards their, towards their rent. If you have an independent income from your family, you should be taking care of your family, not just continuing to pay off your own house and paying off your own car, and you forget about your mama and baba who took care of you your entire life, who paid for your education, paid for your clothing. It's a shame, wallahi it's a shame. When I see people who have full salaries, They have money to go for vacations, mashallah. Money for their apartment, money for their house Money for everything they need for their yoga class, for their gym class They have money for everything But you ask them to what degree do you contribute back to your parents And they say, oh my parents, they take care of themselves Even if they take care of themselves, it's an honor for you to take care of them Maybe if you start showing them that you have maturity and you can take care of them They might retire at this point If anyone should be doing dhikr, it's them They've dedicated their life to providing let them go into a dhikr at this point let them go and pray salah let them go for hajj and umrah let them become a part of the local masjid at this point so every person should have a skill set nabi said as narrated in an authentic narration inna khayrama wa inna dawood kana ya'kulu nabi sallallahu said the best Food that a person can eat from is food that was earned or paid for by your own doing, by your own work, by your sweat and blood, not someone else's. At some point, you have to cancel that credit card your dad gave you. You need to cut it, shred it, throw it away, and work for yourself. Instead of putting hours in on your gaming console, go and put hours in for work. Because that's the, that's the wealth that you'll appreciate. When a person works themselves, they're grateful for the money they have. They stop wasting money. You'll see a difference between someone who lives off one person's money, lives off someone else's money, and another person lives off their own. When you live off someone else's money, it's easier to go out for desserts. It's easier to go out to restaurants every few days, or maybe even every day, or maybe even multiple times a day. But when you start earning money yourself, and you realize a sacrifice that goes into earning, not anymore now you're careful you'll go out to dinner if your friends are willing to fork the bill but if no one's willing to pay that bill you say I'm busy today I'm tired I'm not feeling too well you'll create an excuse because you know that it's not appropriate for you to be going out and wasting and spending money this is when a person appreciates what they have when what they've earned is due to their own effort the ulama they write that that with every place and every time, there is a new skill set needed. You need to know what your people need. What's the skill set needed right now? And work towards developing that skill set. Make sure that you're very good at it.